tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check... We've got just so much popping around the league. We've got to start taking a tour. We've got our passports ready, Nick. We've got Sacramento Kings. We already hit them, gave them some shine. We've got some other ones. We've got to break down two teams moving in opposite directions. We've got the OKC Thunder, and we got the Houston Rockets. Yes, we do. And then we've got to break down some news from around the league, including a game I was supposed to be at but I decided to go to a different worst game instead. Joel Embiid, historic night. But why does that symbolize trouble? Also, let's get into the resurrection of a player, Edmund Sumner, a player you probably don't even know. You probably don't even know where he went to school. You probably don't even know what position he plays. Maybe you don't even know what team he's on. But why he's impactful, we will get into. AD being an absolute comedy show, drawing inspiration from a very strange-ass source. And one Laker, one former Laker, being very mad. He's not on the top 75 Lakers list of all time, and boy... Is that a sketchy, funny comment? Lot to get into, Nick. Let's drop that beat. All right, we got to talk about two things. First up, one, I have to say this, and I don't know if you guys already know this, but if you don't live in the DMV, which means D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, has the worst sporting arenas in the entire country. Like, it's the worst. And we'll discuss that. But two, we also need to discuss and talk about load management. I think it's time for us, people who want to see games live, to start, we're not going to take it. We need to talk We need to talk about this. I, I hear things about load management. I read things about load management. But there is nothing quite like being on the wrong side of a game and experiencing load management for yourself. Sunday, it went, what the five fingers say to the face? Slap! 
That hit me right in the face. I was planning on maybe going to see, I don't know, the Utah Jazz. Fun little story, fun team. Lowry, Markkinen, Joel Embiid. Mm, don't really want to drive to Philadelphia, specifically considering that the place I was trying to go to to return some clothes only exists in a Bloomingdale's. So I wasn't going to drive up there for no reason, specifically not just for Utah. Was I going to drive up to see OKC versus the Knicks at the Garden? Man, that's a far drive too. And then I was looking at my Ticketmaster Actually, it was the Game Time app. We're going to slander Game Time, specifically to you, Game Time. And I saw the Wizards play the Memphis Grizzlies at the Capital One Arena. What's this? Jaw? What? I'm in. I am all the way in. Absolutely. Jaw, never seen him live. So he's must-see. He's must-see on TV. He's must-see live. Got Desmond Bain. He's rocking. You got Bradley Beal. He's whatever, right? So... You got Jaw and Bane coming to Chocolate City. I'm going to go watch him dunk on everybody's head. And I hate Wizards games. They suck. They're the worst. Because, well, I mean, the Wizards are really not fun at all. They're not a fun team. And I knew Bradley Beal has been injured, so it's whatever. But, like, the arena gives, gives really like some electronic store vibes. Do you know what I mean? Like you go, you walk in and you're like, holy shit, it's bright in here. Oh, what is going on? And I'm used to like Staples, where Staples makes it dim in there. It's like everything but the crowd or everything but the court is dark, right? Everything but the court is dark. Not a Capital One. They want you to see every pore in your neighbor's face. I swear to God. They want you to buy a TV in there. I tell you what, it is so bright. It gave me a migraine. It never gets dim except for the pregame warm-up warm up thing, right? And the vibe, ugh. I swear to you, I put this on my mother's life. The loudest it got in there, promise you, the loudest it got in there was for an infant race. What'd you say, Trista? Uh, a baby race. There were babies crawling on the floor. They had a race. And... People were louder for that than the basketball game they paid to see. What is happening here? But for Jaw, I will withstand all of this. I will come through for Jaw because Jaw delivers for me every time. So I'm sitting at dinner, waiting, excited, doing a little one-game parlay action for this Memphis Grizzlies Wizards game and all of I all of a sudden what do I see? I'm like why isn't uh why isn't Jaws prop up on the BetMGM app? Why is it Desmond Bain's prop on the BetMGM app? I'm about 45 minutes from the game time too. Like we bought the tickets, they're expensive because Jaws come into town. They're behind the bench of the visitors. Oh yeah, we were stunting. And I see this. A little Fantasy Labs update right as I'm starting to put the pieces together. You know what I mean? Starting to really struggle to eat the rest of my taco because things are starting to come clear into focus about what's about to take place. Yeah, jaw, late scratch. He was fine. He played the rest of the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which they did cover for me because of jaw. Desmond Bain, sprained toe, totally get that. But jaw? No fucking jaw? So what I knew I was about to see was a G League matchup. 
you had no Jaron Jackson, no Desmond Bain, no Zaire Williams, uh, no Jaw, and no Beal. What am I seeing? What is this? I won't bore you with the details, but it was like watching paint dry. I don't even know. Over-under on air balls was 12 and a half, and I think it was the over. I saw so many David Roddy air balls. I like David Roddy. Nice player. Got to see a little Kenny Lofton Jr. in there. What am I seeing? I literally swear to God, swear to God, was yelling. I was probably six rows from the court. And I'm yelling at Steven Adams underneath the basket. Chris Tapps Porzingis is food! Eat him! Eat him! Eat him! Everybody's so mad at me because obviously I'm the only one rooting for the Grizzlies in there because I've got a bet on the Grizzlies and shit, I want to see them win. I hate the Wizards. They are nothing but just uh, eyesore in the middle of Chinatown messing up my traffic. So it got me thinking. You know what we need? We need star player insurance. That's what we need. We need it. We need load management insurance for these game time apps. Because I tried to get my money back, and they were like, ah, you're funny. No, <laughs> you're not getting your money back. What the fuck are you smoking? And I was like, that's fine. I'm never going to you again. But if you're like a seat geek or a stub hub, and you tell me if you just give me a list, just give me a list, Jaw, Dame, Steph, Braun, Giannis, Luca. Like, it's probably only 15, 20 names, right? There's not, it's not Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's not on the list, right? Okay, no shade to Jimmy Butler, but he's not on the list, okay? It's, there's a very select few of people that I, as a local, or someone traveling out of town, are coming to watch. Shockingly, Paolo is already on that list. And if they are a late scratch and they played the game before, and they get scratched fucking three hours before game time or less, I should get my money back, no questions asked. And I tell you what, this is a billion-dollar idea. This is, I don't think, if you think to yourself, if you're going to go see, let's just say, Jaw. You live in Portland. Go see Jaw. No Jaw. No Dame. What are you thinking? I mean, it's just Anthony Simon. And maybe Anthony Simon's a scratch, too. Maybe it's just Shade and Sharp on limited minutes and Drew Eubanks. Imagine how pissed you would be spending $150 per ticket. You just saved your little money up, your little shekels up, and now you get to watch trash. You get to watch Summer League. Good job. So I would be as loyal as Dame Lillard is to the Blazers if I could get that from a secondary market. If I could find a ticket broker that would say, listen, we got you. We'll get Allianz or some sort of underwriter to give you insurance, and we will pay you out. We won't make you go through all these little hoops and whistles, you know, and then just never pay you, you know, because that happens too. But, like, it is, without this, I may never do this again. Like, I'm never going to go see a game at Capital One Arena. And also, by the way, they spent 70? I had to look this up in the arena. I was like, this place sucks. The, the way that it's constructed, and I just got back from Detroit. Little Caesars Arena. And I won't waste your time with this. We'll move on quite shortly. But the way that arena is constructed compared to this steep ass, like we need a shallow, nice little smooth, shallow bowl. Don't make people sit in the nosebleeds for no reason. You know what I mean? Don't make them be up stacked on top of each other. 
gross. They put $70 million into the Capital Win Arena in 2019. 2019? That was right before the pandemic. This is a place, piece of shit arena. There's no stuff. There's no bar. There's no vibe. There's no lighting. I'm out. I'm over it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're about a month into the season now. And we've got some surprises of teams. Teams who have come out of nowhere. Teams that probably aren't going to be, like, amazing as well, but they are fun. They're not contenders. We did a little breakdown on the Kings. And people were like, hey, like, break down my team like that. What's what, Come on, bring that energy for us. And so let's do that. Like, if you're some of the lesser talked about teams around the league, let's, let's go into them. I've got two, one good, one bad. I can't get into all of them, and I'm going to continue to rolling them out. Maybe we'll do some more later on this week. But the first one that we need to start talking about is the OKC Thunder. What's happening there? Holy shit. They are absolutely flying. They scored how much? They are putting up numbers going straight. Toe. They were 11 and a half point dogs. That just tells you. 11 and a half point underdogs to the Boston Celtics. And they were ahead the entire game. I was like, these motherfuckers are going to win this game. Holy shit. They are good. They took Boston to the brink. Tatum had a gajillion, and they still barely beat the Thunder. They put the fear of God into them, boy. The Thunder can score. They can score. And they don't even have their complete roster. Like a team that went to the finals, and you take them, they just hung around and just hung around and hung around and hung around. Shea, who is, by the way, I don't know, top five favorite player to watch, maybe. Maybe not that high, but it's very high. He's now, he put up damn near 40 on the Celtics. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, he's going to be a stud. He's only played three games this year. He came in, was very productive as a starter. I think he had 14 points for them. He did his thing. Really nice little mid-range game for Jalen Williams. By the way, they do have two Jalen Williams. It's the one from Santa Clara. I must just give that out. Very balanced effort. All of the starting five. Poku, yeah, Poku was fucking solid. Yes, Poku's like my guy. He's like a little wish chet, you know? Like a little more, a little more chaotic. A little like more feeling himself. 
He's like if Chet... If you got Chet at the dollar store, you know what I mean? Like, I love Chet. I love Poku. He's clearly not Chet, but he does a lot of the same things that Chet does. And he is balling. Holy shit. He, what did he got? 25? We'll talk about him in a second. Mind you, all of the starting five were in double figures. Almost 20 points by all of them. They had 122 points, and they barely got any production out of their bench because why? They don't have one. They don't really have a bench. Okay, so Giddy, Dort, Poku, all almost scored, all almost scored 20. This coming off the heels of going up into the garden and putting the straight smack down on the Knicks to the point, think about this, the OKC Thunder destroyed the New York Knicks so badly, there are now think pieces being written about Tom Thibodeau being fired. That's how much they did that's what they did to them. 145 points in the garden. The Thunder put 145 points on a team that's supposed to be built around their defense. And now Thibodeau is on the hot seat. Mind you, Chet Holmgren, the real Chet Holmgren, is out for the year. They don't even have their number two pick. SGA still picking apart every single defense without a secondary score. And he's just, I mean, he's going to be an all-star this year. He's going to probably make all-NBA. He's, I mean, he's putting up 40 regularly. Two-way player, improved his three-point shot, impossible to stop. Every defense they throw at him, he just knows exactly how to read it. He's like a little plan, like, he's like, uh, what was that called, that little chess movie? God. Oh, man. he's You know what I'm talking about. He was like Google's chess movie in the middle of it. The Queen's Gambit, where he sees all the defenses on the ceiling, and he's like, yep, just go this way, go that way, slash through them that way. He is at, imagine when he gets his jelly to the peanut butter. When he gets Chet, it's going to be curtains. It is going to be absolute curtains for the rest of the league. They put up 145 points without Chet Holmgren. What would they have done with Chet Holmgren? Sheesh. Think about how good Shea is. When he's off the floor, they're just trash. They're just horrible. Like, they are one of the worst offensive teams in the league when Shea does not play. It's just literally that simple. That is how much gravity he's bringing to the team. And we talked about Poku a little earlier, about the summer league. He's scoring 25% more this year than he had last year. Progression, what we would call, on display. Just in the game against the Bucks, he had... A full stat sheet. Blocks, dimes, rebounds, Poku stats, just absolutely through the roof. I'm trying to get, get them full for you because you can't really even get Poku stats if you just Google it because there's a bunch of Pokus, I guess. So game against the Bucks, he had 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, 17 points, and 2 assists. Just just ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. Lou Dort just got paid, as we know. Finding his offensive stroke now that they've hired Chip England. Josh Giddy, averaging 15, 7, and 6. He's raised his three-point shooting by 7%. Still very early. Like, this is a squad. If you are not watching OKC, you are missing out. This is a fun-ass, fun-ass team. They're shooting 39% this season on shots over 20 feet, which is... 3% improvement over last year. That's because, like I said before, Chip England's going to come in here. What does he do? He comes into a team, 
and every single time, without fail, they increase their shooting percentage by 3%. Every time. That's what he does. Shot doctor, three-point shooting league. And even though maybe 3% doesn't seem like a lot, a lot, but, like, that's now their 14th in the league. Where they, where they, where, where were they at last year? They were at the bottom. So that 3% changes everything. And that is why they can score. They're, they're averaging – it's just it's just been absolutely ridiculous. Back to Shea really quickly. He's averaging 31, 6, and 5. Shea is averaging 31 points per game, 6 assists, 5 rebounds per game. He has 2 steals per game, 1.5 blocks per game. What the fuck? This is what J.J. Reddick just said. You are missing a show if you're not watching Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. In any given year, those numbers are first-team all-NBA numbers. Yeah, there's a reason that the Shea is the lead target for all these different, again, Literally now all these trade rumors about the Knicks going after Shea. That's he's broken them. He has broken them. Torched them for thirty seven against the Knicks, had thirty seven against the Celtics. And this is like a very unselfish offensive scheme. They had eight players getting double digits a week ago. First time in the team history that they've done that. You add Chet in there, man. This is this team is already a problem. They're already covering big numbers. I tell you what, you add back in Chet, and they're definitely getting a top five pick, right? It's probably gonna be someone good. It's probably gonna make them even more dangerous. SGA though, my prediction, definitely an All Star. Definitely, I'd say second team All NBA. <sighs> tell you what, that team is fire. On the flip side of the coin. We just talked about OKC and how exciting they are. How fun they are. How impressive this roster is. How they're just really a piece or two away from being really competing. And they're like winning games they're not supposed to win. So that's on one, one side. What is happening with the Houston Rockets? Why is nobody talking about them? How bad are the Houston Rockets right now? They are fucking trash. I'm sorry, there's people in my YouTube say, oh, you cuss too much, too many cuss words, too many F-bombs. I watch it with my kids. I'm sorry. The, if you're watching the Houston Rockets right now, you'll know what I'm talking about. Why are we not holding them accountable? Why? Because we want them to just be good. We want them to be fun. They're a cute little league pass team, right? I love Jalen Green. And listen, I'm kind of a contrarian. So when Bill Simmons said all those mean things about Jalen Green, I was like, no. We love Jalen Green. Jalen Green is a winning player. And I'm like, in my heart of hearts, like if I was just me and you and the lamppost, is he? I don't know. I don't quite know if he is yet. I'm not sure. I want to think he is. He shoots a lot. He's a bucket. We know that. But does that matter? I don't know. Like Paul George is a bucket too. He hasn't won a damn thing. They had to get rid of like pieces on this Rockets team because they were also buckets that weren't winning players. I don't know. And now things are boiling over, right? Not only are they losing games, which is what we've expected that they would do, they're 2-12. and 12, So they're one of the worst teams in the league. They're going to continue to be. We've got teams that are tanking that are 500. So what are they? They're like, they just don't even care at all. But they are now, things are boiling over to the point where frustration is leaking out onto the floor. Veteran Eric Gordon, who God knows why he's even still there, why a team hasn't saved him, he's fed up with his teammates. This is what he said post game: We didn't play our game. 
We didn't have energy. We didn't play with togetherness. And we got the result that happens. If you have a winning mentality, moving the ball is something that you should do. Pretty common? Yeah. Believing in your teammates and believing in what you should do. That's the way it goes when you're trying to win. We are not doing that. It's very tough. It's been the same thing year in, year out, game to game. It's a long season. When we have games like this early on, it's tough. Yes. And we've seen this. It's like these guys will not pass each other the ball if they're wide open. It's, it's like when you go to Equinox. It's not exactly like this, but you know what I mean. It's like when you go to Equinox and you're like the new person on the court for the lunchtime run, and it doesn't matter if you've got seven feet of space. They are not passing you the ball at all. Not doesn't matter what kind of screens you're setting, defense you're playing, how good you looked in the little pregame warm-up thing, how many shots you've hit, in a, you're not getting the ball. That's the Houston Rockets, but with all of them. It's like every single player on the court is that new person at the Equinox run if that other person has the ball. Like, nope, not passing to you, Jabari Smith, underneath the basket, wide open. Fuck off, I'm going to shoot this 30-footer. What? is going on do you know what it means when a veteran has been on a losing team and he finally decides he's gonna call out that team publicly it means he's been saying it privately for a while right like they are being and he said it this is a selfish team this is a selfish team you can feel in his voice what am i doing here what is this this is the resignation and his tone is palpable and that is what happens when you're 37, which is what he is, on a team that's on track for the third straight year to be one of the worst teams in basketball. So at what point do we start holding them accountable, Houston? Houston, we've got problems on this roster. Like, I'm not talking about Steven Silas. I'm fine with him. I don't even know what to make of him yet. I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's bad. He's not elite. That's obvious. But he's, who knows? Could he be Steve Clifford? Sure. Could he be Dwayne Casey? Sure. I don't know. Could he be Tibbs? Maybe. Could he be better than that? Is he Nick Nurse? Probably not. Back to the point. This team doesn't have pieces that really make any damn sense. You know? It's like he's tasked with babysitting a team who is basically saying publicly on all the blogs, on all their, you know, stuff that they do, that one of the cornerstone players that they have and don't kill me on this because there's a lot of people who love him because he's a bucket, he's a bucket, he's a bucket. But the cornerstone on the team is a player that was waived by the Cleveland Cavaliers for throwing food at his teammate. I know that's not relevant, but he was a cast-off, and you're making him a corner. You got him for free, okay? You literally got this piece for free, and now it's the centerpiece of your room. You know what I mean? Maybe not, like, great. When I look at this roster, there's five guys under 20. Five guys on this 15-man roster that can't even drink right now. Many haven't even played in college. Not saying that's necessary, but five, like I think four haven't played in college. They've come over either through the G League or international. It's hard seeing an elite team here. You got guys that played one year in college who are very wild now being sent down to the G League, and Tari Eason, who I love. What is the upside of this team? I don't know. If 
I saw this stat about what Jabari Smith is averaging right now, and it's awful. It's god-awful compared to, to Paolo, which is what they'll always be compared together. And I thought to myself, what would Paolo be on this team? Would they be passing Paolo the ball? I don't know. Jalen Green thinks he's pretty good. He is pretty good, but you know what I'm saying. Jalen Green wants to be the man. You got Kevin Porter Jr. wants to be the man. You got Josh Christopher. He shoots a lot. You got Alperin Shingun. He wants the ball. Are they giving the ball to Paolo? They have Alperin Shingun. I like him. But he plays no defense. He's bad. He's really, really bad. Does anybody think Jabari Smith is better than Paolo right now? No. But if they switch places, then everybody will be like, oh, thank God Orlando didn't take Paolo because Paolo is just languishing in Houston. Anyone who was drafted to go to Houston was going to be languishing in Houston. Usman Garuba? They took Usman Garuba in the first round. Why? He's doing absolutely nothing. They could have had Ayo Desunmu, who's balling. They could have had Herb Jones balling. Like, they're just passing over good pieces for very irrelevant fringe players that are doing absolutely nothing from a production standpoint. No shade. Jay Sean Tate and Deshaun Nix? I'm sorry. I don't even think they're a starter for a real contender at this point. When you have veterans like Gordon and they're calling those guys out, that's not a sign. good sign. That's not a good sign. They're not playing a team game. They will not pass to one another. Watching their offense is like watching a competition as to who can get theirs. It's like watching duct tape. You know what I mean? Just sticks. Just stick, stick, sticks. Someone's open, like I said. Nobody's passing the ball. They're 2-12. and 12. What happens, though, the worst case scenario is this. Hopefully there is some sort of conspiracy uh, around the lottery because if Victor Wambanyama ends up a Houston Rocket, I will lose my shit. I don't know what, what – I don't think he'll fit on that team at all. No wonder Christian Wood wanted to get out of there. I'm sorry. If you're a Houston Rockets fan, I really am sorry for you because it's a fun young team, could compete on a night-to-night basis. I read a 2,000-word think piece article – from some random local Phoenix newspaper about how dangerous the Houston Rockets are seen around the league. I'm sorry, I don't buy one word of that. Fun team, might compete for a quarter or two, but ultimately probably the worst team in the league. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Some news from around the league, right? Uh, let's start in Brooklyn. It's kind of a nice story. Here's a guy you probably don't know. That was a Chris Collinsworth line. Here's a guy you probably don't know. Probably don't know what he looks like. Probably don't know that he went to Xavier. Probably don't know that he plays point guard. Probably don't know that he played for the Indiana Pacers and blew out his Achilles. But we're going to tell you about him because he's actually impactful. Edmund Edmund Sumner. Probably one of the greatest steals of the offseason, honestly. And if you don't know him, 6'6 point guard out of Xavier. He averaged 15 a game there in college, right? Drafted 52nd by the Pels. Ended up on the Pacers for four years. Increases his minutes year after year after year. Finishes the 2020-2021 season. Really has a good player off the bench. Averaged 8-2-2, including 13-3-2 in the games leading up to to the injury. The last 10 games, he was actually just really getting better game after game. Pops his Achilles. Cost him all of last year. And then he gets traded by the Pacers because he was becoming pretty important to the very, like, sticky offense. But, you know, these things happen. They have Tyrese Halliburton. They're going to go get another guard. They've got Chris Duarte. So that's fine. So he gets traded in the T.J. Warren trade and then waved immediately. Waved. But the Nets decide to take a flyer on him, bring him back to the team. Resigned. So they're like, all right, what is he doing? Now with Kyrie Irving out, from suspension, he has just been absolutely a glue guy for this team. 11, 3, and 2, with 40%, shooting 40% from three. And very, really overlooked. Like, you can watch him shoot five threes in a night. Just some nights he's like three for four, some nights two for four, some nights, you know, 0 for two. But man, they need a guy who can take care of the ball. And one of the reasons, really, that the Nets are playing well defensively, and I've said this before, they're holding opponents outside of that Lakers team that put up 116 on them, but they're holding opponents under 100 points per game. And Edmund Sumner, big reason why. This is what he said in a recent interview. The schemes are still the same. We're doing the same stuff. I just feel like we're really now covering for one another. If I get beat off the bounce, I know somebody's right there to pick me up. I'll bounce off and roll to the other guy. So I feel like we're just really coming together. We're in a lot more games, and if we're willing to sacrifice, we're really trusting guys more. I know he didn't mean anything by that comment, but, like, that was a shot, right, Kyrie? That was a a shot at Kyrie? That was a shot at Ben Simmons? I don't know. Because, like, all of a sudden they're playing world-class defense when Kyrie's not in the lineup and he's coming back maybe sometime soon, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Other people are noticing, though. Kevin Durant is one of them. This is what he said about Sumner. It's a tough injury to come back from. You don't know how you'll feel. You don't know how your body will respond. And he's going out there trying some stuff. That's the best way for you to get over an injury is just try to test yourself and push yourself to the limit. He's getting into the paint. He's making threes. And he's just playing fast. And man, he has been fun. He's so big. 6'6", 6'8", wingspan. He's almost as big as Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy Grant plays four. Edmund Sumner plays point guard. Edmund Sumner is everywhere. I love this for him. I love this for the Nets. And with TJ Warren slated to come back soon, you know, they're kind of like PB&J. They have a connection from when they played for with uh, the Pacers. And the Nets just taking chances might actually help salvage the season. But good for Edmund Sumner. Will Kyrie Bet come back? I don't know. But Edmund Sumner making the most out of his opportunities, and you got to feel good about that. I mentioned earlier that Joel Embiid balled out against the Utah Jazz. And I did mention that it took everything from him. 
in order for them to win this game. But I wanted to look at the game a little closer because I, I feel like there were two lessons from the game that we can take away from it. One, Embiid is, is on another planet. He's one of the most unique players I think we've seen in a long, long time. Embiid in this game that I did not go to because I wanted to watch the Memphis Grizzlies play the Wizards. Uh, Embiid had an all-timer, like literally. 59 points. That's sick all, all alone. This man put up almost 60 points. 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 blocks. I didn't make that stat line up. That's a real stat line. According to uh, one of these reporters that covers the Sixers, Embiid is the first player to record at least 50 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 blocks in a game since when? Ever. Ever! He's the first man to ever do that since they began tracking blocks in 1973. My God. Embiid. Unstoppable in the fourth quarter, too. He was 7 for 8 in the eighth in the fourth quarter. He basically barely missed that eighth shot. Turn around, step back, three. Just kind of rattled in and out of the rim. He could have been perfect for the fourth quarter. Had five blocks in the fourth quarter. And the best part about it was he trash-talked Laurie Markkinen in the final minute. He was like, hey, Laurie, you got to miss these free throws because I got to put my son to sleep, and he did. I don't want overtime. And after the game, Embiid says, yeah, I lied to him. Arthur's in bed by that time anyway. He's in bed every damn night at 7.30 sharp. I love this. I love Embiid so much. 60-point game, still fucking around, talking shit to Laurie Markin and lying about putting his son to sleep. And the second thing I think we should really look at is, man, the Sixers have no margin for error, do they? They almost lost to the Utah Jazz, and he put up a historic performance, and, and they almost still lost. The only reason that they won that game is because Laurie Markkinen missed some free throws, and a couple of layups were missed by the Jazz. Otherwise, it was going to be night-night like you read about for them. This is just not a very good team. Like, nobody's talking, just like nobody's talking about the Houston Rockets, nobody's talking about how bad things are for the Sixers. Yeah, James Harden's out with, with an injury, he's out for a month, and you think he's coming back to save you. He's not, things were bad beforehand, right? This is not a great team. They've had to rely on multiple massive games from Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, for that matter, in order to be even be in games, to beat good teams. The Utah game was a one-possession game with less than two minutes to go. No way Embiid should have to go off for 60 points and still not be blowing out a team, still be having to shit-talk Laurie Markkinen down the stretch and, like, force him to miss a free throw just so you can go home with a W. That, to me, is an indictment on Doc Rivers. That's an indictment on my man Daryl Morey, the way this roster is constructed. And with Harden returning in the next couple of weeks, integrating him back into the offense probably means even more growing pains. More on that to come, but boy, oh, boy, are the Sixers in a very hot spot. Oh, Anthony Davis. Oh, my God. I made a TikTok about Anthony Davis the other day, and I get it. Laker fans up in arms. Green Bay fans up in arms. Yes, that's where they intersected. 
AD had a massive game, massive game against the Brooklyn Nets. And he said he was inspired by Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers to spark him towards a 37-point rampage. Okay, we've got questions for this, right, first of all. If Laker fans can't find anything funny about my man Data Davis being inspired by a 3-6 and six football team, widely seen as the most disappointing team of 2022 with massive expectations, I don't know. I don't know. What to, you just don't have a good sense of humor. Honestly, like it's hilarious. That's that's I saw that and I was like, this writes itself. This writes itself. AD said this. I was watching the Green Bay Packers game against the Cowboys and Aaron Rodgers threw a slant to Alan Lazard for 40 yards. Kind of a miracle, actually, because Alan Lazard hasn't been catching balls. And he started screaming. He started flexing. And it gave me some motivation before the game, knowing we had to get this win knowing that a lot of guys, especially with LeBron out, lean on me to get the job done. Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers flexing. It's not even the move. It was the flexing after the move. Yelling and flexing that inspired Anthony Davis. Let that sink in just for a minute. This is a grown person paid handsomely to win basketball games and be inspired not by a random game. What if that game didn't take place? What, you get to play up 14, 6, and 2? What the hell am I, t- what are we saying here? What Lakers, and that gives the Lakers their third win on the season. We are now talking about what gave us motivation. I don't know, Anthony Davis, you might be traded. How about that for motivation? God, he is hard. To, he is hard to root for. I like him. But he is hard to root for. Keeping with L.A., the L.A. Times took a poll recently, and they named the greatest Lakers of all time. And there is now a hot controversy in the streets because there is a Laker legend that got snubbed. Let me explain. So the poll finished in the following order. It's number one is magic, obviously. No controversy there. Kobe Bean Bryant, number two. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number three. Jerry West, four. Fine with that. Elgin Baylor, five. Shaquille O'Neal then comes in. LeBron James and George Mikan, tied. A lot of room for debate. My top four, not in any order, probably Jerry West, building the bedrock of the Lakers organization from a player perspective and as a GM. Magic, Kobe, Kareem. Then probably Shaq. I'm sure you probably have a different Mount Rushmore. It's fine. But there is one former Laker that is just absolutely steaming that he didn't make the list. Who could it be? Rack your brain. Think about it. Who's not on the list that deserves to be on the list? The shame. The the audacity to leave him off this list. Think about it. Who could it be? Who could it be? Is it Derek Fisher? No. Is it Robert Ory? No. Is it Brian Shaw? Brian Shaw would never do that. He's much too humble to be pissed about anything. He's awesome. No. It's Nick Young. Swaggy P. Are we serious? Yes, the legend. Swaggy P. Yes. The top 75 
list made the rounds, and Nick Young is pissed off that he's not on that list. He was, he's been out of the league for four years, and he's pissed. He wants you to know that was a disrespectful list towards him. He said, the hate is real. Why y'all hate me but love me? Nick Young. Nick, Nick, Nick Young. I love him. He's salty about this. Remember D'Angelo Russell and the Snapchat incident? Nick, you could say Nick Young and, and D'Angelo Russell broke the Lakers. They've never been the same since. They won that little bubble title, and they've never been the same. Nick Young was never a Laker great. He won a title with the Warriors. He ranks outside of the top 100 in total win shares while with the Lakers. He's not even in the universe, not even in the atmosphere. He shot 40% from the field, period, his entire Laker career. And, of course, they never made the playoffs while he was there. So that's important to note as well. However, Nick Young, don't worry. Rest easy. You should rest easy knowing that even though you're not a top 75 Laker, you would 100% make a lot of other top 75 lists. So here's, here's the list. There's a short list of top 75s that Nick Young would definitely make. Let's go through it. Top 75 most memeable NBA moments for the gif of him walking away with his hands up, celebrating a three that did not go in. That one is an all-timer. I use it all the time. I use it once a week. Top 75 ridiculous NBA statements for saying he was the greatest three-point shooter in NBA history in 2014 and saying he'd have scored 46,000 points by his 20th season in the league. He played 12 years, and he scored 8,000 points. Tap 75, probably number one with the bullet. Fastest engagements blown up by having someone secretly record your tales of infidelity when D'Angelo Russell taped him on Snapchat, bragging about all the times that he cheated on Iggy Azalea. Don't even know how he got it, Iggy Azalea. Top 75 worst takes on college women's college basketball when he called the women's Final Four JV ball because they didn't bring in the big bucks and then claimed his IG was hacked. Also probably goes on the probably most ridiculous statements as well. Top 75 least accountable NBA players when he admitted when he was a rookie as a wizard. He and Andre Blatch were, quote-unquote, messing around, I think, with one of the cheerleaders or assistants, and then they found out people was blaming us like it was our fault that she got fired. <laughs> Top 75 worst responses to the Ime Udoka controversy when he said things get happen when you get bored. I mean, we could go on and on. Top 75 most violent plays in a church league basketball game when he allegedly grew enraged and jumped another player when the ref missed a call, then attacked the player, and it ended up in a lawsuit. Top 75 worst reactions when Lil Nas X came out and said he was gay when he tweeted, my kids will never play Old Town Road again on the speaker box. Wow. And, of course, finally, top 75 people who love cocaine. When he said on a live stream, I want people to pass me cocaine, everybody needs to do cocaine. Swaggy P. There's no one like him.
Keep doing you. Top 75 on my list, Swaggy P. You're one of my top 75 Lakers. Just none of them are about your ability to play basketball. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Friday with an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes. Uh, We've got some divisions, I think, that we're going to preview tonight. Uh, We've got some interviews coming up, so check forward, check backwards. They're going to drop pretty much every day. Do not forget to download. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends and follow us. Follow us on this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram because more posts will happen there. Thank you so much to you all for listening to me clowning around about the NBA. And thank you so much to my producer, Nick Berlansky, for doing all this uh, magic behind the scenes and putting up with me on the air. Talk to you soon.